Hi guys, it's Tabs from the Superpower Podcast and we are on our second season. Yes, you heard right. This is season two where we get to interview some amazing, powerful, strong, ambitious women on this channel, man. We get to learn about their incredible journeys and, and what the future holds. So make sure you check out our podcast. It will be dropping every two weeks, Monday morning, 7 a.m. sharp, wherever you consume it. Google, Spotify, NKFM, Apple Podcasts, we will be there. So make sure you guys check it out and get to learn from these incredible ladies. See you soon. What's up, everyone? It's Tebs, and you're listening to the Superpower Podcast. This week, our guest is Mapule Mokwena. She is an associate transactor at Tamela Holdings, a black-owned and run corporate finance and private equity boutique firm. In her current role, she completes transactions across the corporate finance and private equity spectrums focused on the growth of mid-market South African companies. She is a chartered accountant by profession, Having received her BCom and BCom Honours degrees at the University of Johannesburg, my alma mater as well, what's up, and completing <laughs> articles at PricewaterhouseCoopers. She also, wait for this guys, holds a whole Master's in Finance degree, not from UJ, not from UCT, but from Harvard University. So she needs to give us um, the tea on how she got all of that sorted. Um, she's an Afro-capitalist who believes that the African economy can be transformed through long-term investment that creates both economic prosperity and social wealth. In October 2019, together with her colleagues, she won an award for the Deal of the Year at the APSIP Financial Sector Awards. She's also an avid sports enthusiast, having represented her country in hockey in her youth. <laughs> She remains in sports, albeit off the field, as a newly appointed board member of SASCOC, the South African Sports Confederation and Olympic Committee. Oh, my word. Just um, full disclosure, guys. Mapul is like a very good friend of mine. Uh, so uh, I, might just I might just call her Maps. So don't be surprised. How are you doing, Maps? I'm good. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. I heard that little chuckle there on the youth, like as if my youth has <laughs> run away from me, but it hasn't. No. Okay. I'm still actually within the bracket. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we still qualify as youth, hey? Like under 35, we're not past our prime yet. Yeah. No ways. Still early stages. <laughs> No, the only reason I was I was laughing is because, it, like, when you said, like, in your youth, it just sounded like you're this much older person. And that's why I laughed, because I was like, really? Is that, <laughs> is that how we're referring to ourselves now? <laughs> yeah, I meant in my sub-youth, early 20s. Now I'm in, okay, like, okay. late youth. You're, yes, yes, you are quite <laughs> too. Uh, yeah, passing that threshold. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Babs, how are you? I mean, I obviously know you really well, but for the listeners, tell them um, about yourself, where you're from, how you grew up, and what kind of child were you uh, when you were growing up? Okay. Um, well, hi to all of your listeners. Um, my name is Mabule, as Tevza said. I'm originally from... Bloemfontein. I grew up there. I went to an all-girls school, uh, Unisi Girls School, matriculated there in 2005. My childhood was full of 
sports events mostly, you know, my mom and dad driving me around town to take me to stuff to participate in and then around the country and then outside of the country. It was just full of ups and downs of movement. Um, I was a very active kid, loved to play sports, loved to be outside, really outdoorsy. Um, yeah, so that's that's me a little bit in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely – I remember when I first met you in varsity, uh, you were the hockey girl, you know, and you were competing at, like, school level, varsity level, and – um representing the country so maybe yeah tell people a little bit about that like where did your love of hockey come from and did you always want to compete um from a like I guess a national and international perspective yeah so I guess at just at my school it was uh you know one of the primary sports and that's how I got into it um I started playing probably in around grade three and I guess when you're good at something, you just kind of keep doing it. And like I said, I like mm-hmm. being outside and also did a lot of athletics. Um, and yeah, and then I realized that, hey, you know, like this is fun and we're kicking ass all over the place. You know, why not keep doing this? Um, I couldn't just sit and like focus on my books like 24-7. That was a bit too much for me. So I participated in as many things as as, as, as I could. I played uh, SA schools for the first time in grade seven. I mean, grade nine, sorry, standard seven. And that's when I realized, hey, you know, actually, maybe I could take this a bit further. Why not aim for um, SA under 18? And then after that, maybe SA under 21 and then go to the World Cup. And so that's what I did. Um, So I played SA schools throughout school. And then when I got to UJ, I played for the UJ first team, and then in 2008, we went to the Africa Cup of Nations, which we won. 2009, in my honours year, while all the other kids were like super smart and decided to drop out of varsity for that year and focus on school, on hockey, I decided I couldn't do that. So I I, um, I did my honours and went to the World Cup in 2009. And then after that, I was like, actually, wow, that was rough. <laughs> I need to kind of pick a path now. Like, is it going to yes. be school? Is it going to be sports? And yeah, so naturally, I mean, it had to be academics for me. And that was the end of my wonderful, long and um, very happy sports career. Wow, wow. No, impressive, impressive. I think anyone who understands what it actually means to go through honors um and uh doing your cta accounting honors it's already intense so having that and anything else is just seen as a distraction so um you must be really smart okay so how did you then decide um what it is you want to then pursue after matric because you're super sporty you didn't think i must get into the sports professionally you decided to do accounting so what what made you decide to go that route um, what made me decide to study accounting or to to choose school versus, um, versus to, sport? To, to, to study accounting. So I'm taking it a little bit back. We're just taking, yeah, taking two steps back. Yeah, okay. So um, I guess back then I my goal was, you know, I'm going to be the CEO of like 
a big company one day. That was my goal, just <laughs> kind of bland and high level. Um, and it yes. took me a couple of years to narrow it down. But that was my goal. I want to climb to the top of the corporate ladder. Um, I want to be the best in my field. I want to be amongst the best. And so I decided at the time, I think, like a large component of JC listed companies, almost like 70% or so, were run or led by chartered accountants. So naturally mm. also having like a good uh, handle on maths and accounting and kind of enjoying commerce as a subject, I decided this seems like the right route for me to go to. And mm. it also, from a commerce perspective, gives you a lot of variety of options, you know. You're not like kind of stuck in one particular route. You can change, you can... You can almost do anything you want within commerce if you have this qualification. So I decided that was the best for me and that's that I'm going to pursue it. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. That makes that that makes lots of sense. Um, that is true. A lot of CEOs are um, chartered accountants. So I understand why if that's like what you're trying to pursue, that's then it would be the most natural choice to do. Um Okay, and then in varsity, because you went to UJ, um, what made you choose UJ? Because I always feel it's it's like the butt of all university jokes, but I'm like, it's it's it was like a great school, you know? <laughs> you know so what that is? Why, why, yeah, why didn't you go to UCT or VITS? Because it just seems like when people ask, where did you go to? And you say UJ, it's kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know, it's the most annoying thing, and I don't understand how we got here, like, as an institution, when I was applying for universities, EJ wasn't, you know, th that low down the ranks. Um, maybe just exactly. higher regarded when it had a different name and when, when it was raw, people respected it more. I'm not sure exactly what happened. But at the time when I was choosing schools um, from studying accounting, my understanding was that the professors that gave the board um, lessons and stuff were at UCT or at UJ. So those were the two options that I was looking at. Um, and then I had to factor other things like how far it is from home, how much it has cost, and uh, how good their hockey was because obviously I wanted to go to the World Cup. So I needed to play, also play for a good team. Mm -hmm. um, so all those choices then resulted in me going to UJ. It's one of the two top accounting programs and they've got a really good sports program. So And it's closer to home. Makes sense. Exactly. Like such a like well thought out choice. You know? I know. And now everyone's like, what is wrong with you? What were you thinking? I know. <laughs> and I'm just like, I know so many awesome people who studied at UJ. Like, what is everyone's issue? Okay. And and your varsity experience, um, what was that like? Because like you said, you, you're from Bloom and you 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 now moved up to Joburg to study. Um, and you're playing hockey. Um, how, how was your varsity experience? Best days of my life, okay? You were there, Tibbs. You know what it was like. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I tried my best to keep a really well-balanced life. Um, so making sure I attend all my classes, um, going to all my hockey practices and you know, going to all the parties that I thought were necessary for me to go to and having a, a an active social life. You know, I think if you like um, lock yourself up in your room, you miss so much of the varsity experience, you know, so which is much. just making long life friendships and networks. 
um, which you don't realize at the time at university that are so important later on in your career. You know, yeah. so, um, yeah, I would say that I had the best of all three of those worlds. I had a great time. I enjoyed myself and I excelled in my academics, which um, is the purpose that I went there. So all in all, no regrets. Yeah, I, I, I can tell the listeners this one thing that I do know about you, which you are the only one in the crew who did this. So we'd all go out the night before, you know, um, go go big. Uh, come back home, all of us would pass out. Mabule would be the only one who opens her book and studies like <laughs> in that state. So um yeah, no girl, you you had you had it on lock. You had uh, you had it on lock in terms of balance because the rest of us it it it, it, it got messy at, at some point. So so no I, I can definitely vouch for that. <laughs> Okay, cool. And then, so, so, so you pass your varsity. You've had this great experience. I, I also agree. Best days of our lives. Um, now you have to start doing your articles. Um, what was that experience like? Because I always find that it's this big party, big joel um, in varsity, and mm. you then get to the world of work, and so much more is expected of you. You have to network. You're you're dealing with people of different ages. There's deadlines. There's you know politics. How did you navigate that that world? Yeah. So. Um... When I was doing my honours, I think it was, I decided, oh, I really don't like auditing. Like, it's not for me. But now I have already signed up at PwC to do my my, my training contract there. And um, I'd, I'd also made the decision based on, like, previous VAC work and stuff that I had gone to. And I decided, oh, you know, this is not for me. But now in order to get my article signed off, I have to do it. So then I decided, you know what, maybe I'll take a less traditional route and join the advisory division instead of the assurance division. Um, and maybe that will give me a different experience. So What's the that's, difference? Sorry. So What's the difference between advisory and, yeah, assurance? So assurance is traditional um, auditing that everybody knows. Okay, so you've got, okay. obviously, your different industry um, sector split, and then you do the auditing for companies in that industry. That's primarily what the assurance does. And then the advisory, it's they've got different divisions. They've got like um, corporate finance. They've got say valuations, or they've got an M and A team, okay. or they've got um, forensic audits. Um, they've got like environmental sustainability. They've got like a whole bunch of stuff where you actually provide advice to a client on a particular mm. thing versus do they do they audit. So I think and did you, like you made that you made that choice yourself. It, it wasn't like they just allocated you. Could you say this is actually what I prefer? And they just No, yeah. So I actively team. I actively made that choice because I had, like I said, spent some time doing back work and stuff before. But okay. what I didn't know at the time was how restricted my kind of training would be in the advisory department because obviously SACA gives you a set of competencies that you need to sign off within a particular time. Yes, And yeah. uh, you can't get all of them signed off in advisory, unfortunately. And even within advisory, you can only do like a certain section, which is the department I was in called um, Systems Processes and Assurance. A large component okay. of that is um, part, part of that is like providing advice. 
on a company's systems and processes. And then another part of that is providing assurance on the IT environment from an IT perspective, rather, let me say. So that was then became a new thing for me. Like not only now am I doing auditing, I'm doing IT auditing. IT auditing. Where is this coming from? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, the other the other young graduates that were employed in my team were like software engineers, you know, they were reading obviously the difficult uh, SQL database stuff. Yes. And I was doing the stuff that's written in English. That good. <laughs> of course. But I had to upskill myself. And so I did had to do this other um, certification for information systems auditor, which was like completely Greek to me. Um, but I managed to get through that somehow. But I guess the learning moment or the defining moment of this whole experience was up until that point, everything in my life had kind of been seamlessly set out, you know, like the next steps were like easy to see, Mm, easy to go for. But now I'm in this advisory department and I need to still go to the assurance guys and get work done so I can sign off certain competencies, you know, like tax and finance and accounting, et cetera, that I just mm. can't do on the other side. And there isn't any like structure of how to do it. So you literally have to go there and make friends with, you know, partners, senior managers, um, your peers and say, hey, <laughs> I need <laughs> like... I know you don't know me or you yeah. once met me at a social, but I need, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I need to sign off these competencies. Do you guys have space? Can you put me on a job? Um, yeah, and I found that really difficult initially, you know, having to step out of my comfort zone, build relationships yeah. out of thin air and maintain those relationships. Because obviously, you know, I need, I need to do this for like the whole three-year period. They need to like me enough to invite me back because they don't have to because I'm not in their department, you know. So I have to perform well or better, I have to make sure that I, I keep those relationships intact. So that was yeah. um, a new and interesting kind of experience of my journey, which helped me, I think, later on in life, but the, obviously that I did not expect. Um, but yeah, yeah. Sure. I got my signed sure. off at the end of three years, so all good. Yeah. <laughs> and then the decision the decision to stay on in like in the firm or to to leave and I guess explore corporate um what were your thoughts on that did you know that this isn't necessarily for you and you were looking for different opportunities um what was life like after articles because what I found is a lot of people who qualify as CAs it's like there was this laid out path for them since they started first year and everyone then kind of seems a little lost uh, by the yeah. time they are done. So yeah, how did you then deal with that? No, I mean, that was exactly my experience. I had at this point now got into like, I know more of what I don't want, but I still haven't 100% found my niche or what I do want, right? And mm-hmm. so I knew I didn't want to do auditing um or be a financial manager um I knew I felt like having that sort of job would be too monotonous for me and based on my experience during articles I thought maybe banking would give me the variety that I'm looking for and also in line with you know my skill set and the things that I'm interested in so I decided I joined this um young CAs program at one of the investment banks at the time 
Um, yeah, and then through that, I guess I finally found a place for me in the bank. Um, I started off then, I mean, I spent a little bit of time doing some finance work, and then I moved on to to being a credit analyst um, in okay. structured finance role, which is basically um, advising a bank on corporate lending. You know, so you need to do an analysis of the company and then look at their past, look at their future, do projections, whatever, and tell the bank if you think um, we should provide funding to this company um, for how long, for how much, whatever, et cetera, right? So yeah. that's what I did, and I enjoyed that for for quite a while. Um, I did that mm-hmm. for maybe another three years or so. But then what what really helped me find my niche was kind of like by accident. Okay. I was um, this guy that I, I, I kind of knew from high school, but I mean, I didn't really know him. But anyway, he said, hey, uh, these other guys are looking for someone to help them with a social impact fund. Would you be interested? But like, I don't know this guy, like from above. So, okay. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Right. So I meet up with these guys and um, young guys. We were probably like 24, 25 at the time. Yeah. And they're telling me about this. Uh, the social impact fund that they want to raise and you know they want to raise a fund for 100 million rand but they are entrepreneurs but they don't really have any finance experience and since I spent some time you know looking at analyzing companies and maybe I could um, do their financial analysis for them or whatever Mm -hmm. okay cool that sounds interesting so spent some time just immersing myself in the world of venture capital and startups and business incubators and stuff. And then I was like, this is, this is my stuff. <laughs> this yeah, is the this stuff is, that like, that inspires me, that makes me yeah. happy. Like, this is where I need to be. Um, oh my word. Because of, I mean, that fund, obviously we didn't raise a hundred million rand. We were 24 year olds. Like I said, <laughs> yeah. we didn't have enough With experience. With no prior experience. With yeah. no experience. <laughs> Now, please can you give me a hundred million rand so I can invest in really high risk startups in South Africa? <laughs> Everyone's like, uh, uh, no. Next. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there's something beautiful about being naive, right? Because then you push yourself into spaces that you would you would never have been Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's what that whole process was about. And um so I mean, as a theme, investing in companies is is my theme, but as a as a niche, it would be um, venture capital, early stage businesses. Wow, wow. And yeah, so yeah, so, it kind of happened by accident, but yeah. And, and and that's the space that you're playing in now. So, you know, you said associate transactor and for us laymen, we, I'm just like, what is it that you do at Tamela again? <laughs> so maybe for like the audience, um, what, 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 what does an associate transactor do um, what work do you guys do at Tamela? You said it's black owned and it's a boutique firm. Um, yeah, just tell us about the, the current work you're doing. Okay, yeah. So um, we've got a, a, very, a couple of business lines, but the two distinct ones is um, corporate finance and then the other one is mezzanine financing. So corporate finance is the finance discipline that talks about like how company raises 
financing and how they deploy it, right? So it'll be, yes. um, I need to raise capital. I could do it through the equity or debt capital markets. And then when I, once I have this capital, how do I then deploy it? So maybe I would like to um, buy a new business or buy some assets or whatever it is that I, I would like to invest in such that, you know, it meets my whatever corporate strategic goals are. So it's it's really playing on either side of, of those. Um, and then on the mezzanine financing side, it's we do the we fund companies early st- well not early stage businesses sorry mid market companies so those are okay. companies that are maybe making earnings of around say between 15 and 20 million rand so they're not startups they're not um new they've been in the business for a while they've got a track record but they're still small relative and they would like to move to the next level and so we give them growth capital to be able to do that okay mezzanine is just it's an asset class that sits between, say, private equity, which I'd say sits at the bottom, which is yes, um, all risk. You know, I'm giving you money. I'm taking your shares. If it goes bust, it goes bust. That's then, my loss. Yes. Yeah. And then on top of that is senior lending, which is what the big banks do. I'm going to give you money, but I'm going to take all of your assets as security. So if things go bust, yeah. I've got some measure of of. Uh, security. Um, and then we sit in the middle of that. So it's like, okay, I'm happy to sit below the banks. I'm not taking any security, but okay. I'm also not, I'm not willing to, um, I'm not, I'm not willing to only get paid right at the end of the transaction, like the guy mm-hmm. sitting below me in private equity. So what I'll offer you is you can pay me slowly over a couple of years, okay? So we can structure it based on however we think your cash flows are so that I can limit my downside risk because obviously I've got no protection. And then in exchange for that, also I would like a higher return because unlike the banks, I'm not as protected in in the the, event that you go bust. So it's, yeah. yeah, so it provides financing at a at a different level um fills in a, a gap mostly for for people who are like um the bank will say okay you need 100 rand i'm only willing to give you 60 rand you need to come up with the other 40 ah, you, the, and then okay you only have you guys you only have 20 well because we also need you to put in some money obviously so yeah and i only have 20 um and then you need to fill in the gap which uh-huh. is where we would sit so yeah that's that's what we do um ultimately eventually as we grow as a business like I said we're a young black owned firm there's about 10 professionals all really smart people very experienced you know um the principals are ex-executives of big banks and they've decided to start something on their own and as the young ones are coming in we're trying to grow beside them um ultimately like I told you guys about venture capital that's that's ultimately one of my goals is to have a venture capital you want to have your own fund (laughs) yeah in our business social impact fund (laughs) (laughs) yes social impact yeah um yeah that's the dream Wow, that's a that's a big dream, bud. Wow, like I, I'm, it's it's super impressive. I mean, I, I didn't really know what you did 
till till now. Um, so <laughs> glad for the like crash course in what the business does. Um, but yeah, super impressive. So so if you're 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 working as an associate um, at Tamela, how did you firstly find the time to study? And and not just study anywhere, like study at Harvard. I think when you when you told us you're going to Harvard, I was just like, what? Like the Harvard we know, like the the, the Harvard that everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Did you always want to go there? Like, where did that dream come from? I did. I did actually always want to go there. Um, remember I talk, when I when I played in the hockey World Cup and the Junior World Cup, it was actually in Boston. And um, so I got to spend a little bit of time at Harvard back then in 2009. And yeah, so it was a dream like, oh, you know, I would love to come back and study here one day. So oh. when the time came, because I thought, OK, so I've got a CA qualification, but I don't feel like it's enough. Do I want to do CFA? I don't think that's the route mm. for me um, in terms of what I'm interested in. Ideally, I would like to do MBA because I'm interested in businesses and how they grow, et cetera. So that would yeah. be first price for me. But um, at that time, an MBA was just not going to make sense for, you know, I had a small kid. My kid was like two years at the time and um, I'd have to go to America like full time for two for years. For two years as well. Yeah. yeah and, yeah, so it didn't make sense. So I decided to find an alternative that did which was to do a master's um, that I could do partially on campus and partially from home. And um, I was lucky enough to get funded by my awesome company, Tamela, who decided to give me the funding probably like a month after I joined. What? And <laughs> Where do we sign up to come work at Tamela? Because, I know. Wow, yes, sounds amazing. ever. <laughs> It was another one of those, okay, guys, I know you guys don't know me that well, but listen, I want to go <laughs> to Harvard. I need like half a million rand. What do you guys say? Oh, my mm. word. Uh, that's insane. So that's how much it costs. So how how did it work? Did you have to um, apply? Like, did you have to write some conversion course? You know, like, I don't know, SATs. I don't know what they call it that side, but... Yeah, was was the was the application like intense? Um, and and how did you then, uh, once you got to Harvard, what was what was it like now, like studying on campus? Yeah, no, I mean the onboarding process is not strenuous if you're already a professional. So because I already had two degrees, um, what I have to do is make sure that my degrees are US equivalent. Um, so okay. basically I needed to send my degrees in for certification and then they would check if it's equivalent to a US undergrad degree and okay. um, if it complies then you can apply to do a master's degree but your qualification criteria is dependent on your marks so they let you sign up for um, the first like quarter of the course you need to get like a certain grade average um, okay. The grade average is, I think it's about above 80% for, for your first three courses. If you get above 80% for your first three courses, then you can move on. You can stay. You can, you ah. can get admitted. <laughs> yeah, then you get de degree admission. Okay. So that was the process. And yeah, just, just I mean, I was, I was worried at first because I was like, geez, I can't remember when last I got 80% for 
Of course. Like, I know. Do people get 80% in varsity? Is that a real thing? <laughs> I mean, like, in first year, maybe, you know. Maybe. Yeah, is a stretch. But after that, it's like you're averaging 60. You're trying yeah. to just pass. So I, I was nervous because I thought that, you know, it's a really high standard. Um, but I, I managed to to get through it pretty okay. Yeah, and, and the campus experience, because that's the dream, hey? I think I don't, there, there's so many of us who are just like, oh, if I could go to Harvard, like, what was, what was that like? Because, yeah, it's, it's so many people's dream. Yeah, I mean, that was the best part of the trip for me. That's why I wanted an international experience. Um, it was really for, you know, the campus experience and just meeting new people and building an international network. And um, it's not easy. It's not like it's set out for you. It's really also just learning to put yourself out there, create relationships out of thin air so that you can have a really good varsity experience. But man, like the friends that I've made on that trip, um, yeah, I feel like we'll be friends for a long time. And I feel like I've got access to so many different countries um, now because of that. So so the time that I went, there's a large international contingent on campus. So it's not it's not just, you know, the American kids. It's kids literally yeah. um, from all, like more than 50 percent of the class would be um, foreign nationals. International so, students. Yeah. Yeah. There's just such a richness in, you know, the culture, diversity and uh, the learning experiences. And everyone is obviously open to, you know, um, learning, to talking, to having fun. So. I mean, it was a really great experience um, both times that, that I traveled there. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, we 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 went to <laughs> the Beyonce concert in yeah. Boston because <laughs> you were studying there. Um, and even, yeah, just being, um, staying like where you, where you stayed while you were um, studying on campus was also just a magical experience for us as just bystanders. So um yeah that that was really cool that that was really cool um okay and when you think about um women who you've looked up to who um you are inspired by like who are those women um and 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 what 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 lessons do you take from the way that they live their lives uh that's a difficult question for me because i I don't really have a list of specific names, I would say. Um, I, I've kind of stopped zeroing in on specific individuals, just realizing that, uh, you know, there's a lot more than uh, what what is portrayed in their story. So yeah. what inspires me really in general with people is just seeing someone find their passion and their purpose and just watching them do it like that for me makes me super happy and super inspired you know and it happens in in all sorts of different environments you know like I went to a restaurant and there was this lady um she was playing the trumpet and oh my god it was just the most like magical experience for me and I thought this lady is so in love and so passionate with yeah, what, what she's doing. doing. That yeah. I want to live so passionately with the things that I'm doing, you know. Um, mm. 
So I draw inspiration from just, just anyone who is a boss at what they do and genuinely loves it. Agree. I 100% agree. I also don't. So um, I ask the question a lot of the time just to to gauge what people say, but I, I 100% also feel the same way you do. I don't have specifics. Maybe Beyonce, exception. Um, yeah, Beyonce is but- an exception, girl. <laughs> I mean, that work ethic. It's, it's, it's unparalleled, right? No, um, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That passion, that talent, and like to be to pay such attention to detail, if you know the detail yeah. to things. And just it's innovating inspiring. and yeah, completely inspiring, but also agree. Like you can be inspired from just seeing people do what they do at such an exceptional level. So 100% agree. Um, if someone is like listening to the story and they're just like, oh my gosh, like this is such an amazing a woman like she's gonna Harvard. I want her to mentor me, or I, I'm thinking of um, doing something different. I don't want to follow the, the the typical auditing CA route. What advice would you give to um, someone who's probably listening to this? Also, maybe a bit lost, trying to figure out their way in the world. Yeah, I would say if you're like I was in the early stages, and you you know, you haven't kind of zeroed in on what you like, then give yourself as many experiences as possible. Um, Experiences to different industries, to different sectors, go to, um, okay, you can't go there now because it's COVID, but (laughs) go to different (laughs) industry events um, and find out about different things and see what you like. It's so important to try and zero in on what you could be or what you're passionate about that's aligned to where your talents lie, you know. Um, what I found also is it, it helps you just narrow down the job hopping that you do or that a lot of people do in the early stages of their career because there's so much, um, oh, let's say, there's such an advantage to, to finding what you love early on so that you can actually stay at a place, build a reputation, um, build relationships, get good at what you actually do instead of having to start over at a new place every two years, you know? So my advice would be as early as possible, even in varsity, um, there must be at least five things that you think you could like or that you are interested in and try and attend as many of those events or associate yourself with people in that industry early as early as you can oh great advice amazing advice i didn't know you were so wise maps oh my gosh oh my gosh hang out with wine and shrimp someone so exactly like things that sideways. <laughs> okay this is a question i ask all my guests since we are the superpower podcast when you think of yourself maps what do you consider your superpower to be? Oh, it's a king. Like recently, <laughs> I've been trying to pay a lot of attention to, to uh, what I think about. Um, and I think that my acknowledgement that I am a powerful creator is my superpower, you know, and that with the things that I think or the words that I speak, I can literally bring into existence a future 
that I desire, you know, and I think everyone really has that ability, but the superpower really lies in your consciousness of that, you know, and your being intentional about um, and constantly, you know, practicing or um, staying true to yourself in terms of what you're trying to create in the future. I think it helps you just to like, to not be a victim of your current circumstance as if you were out of control the whole time, because actually the whole time you were thinking about it or speaking about it and then it can't, comes into reality, but you weren't conscious of it. And so now you feel bad for yourself and the consciousness of it just gives you the power to also say, you know, if I don't like where I am right now, I can change direction at any time. I can make a different choice. I can be consistent in thinking about uh, good things that I want for my life, for my future, and be intentional about how you live your life instead of haphazardly like things happen to you out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, sure. I am like, I am, I am proper, like my jaw is on the floor. I'm just like, oh my gosh, who is the sage? No, seriously, seriously. I'm sure people who knew us back then and who are probably going to listen to this are just like, who are these like <laughs> grown women? Uh, amazing. Okay, Babs, if people want to get a hold of you, if, if they want to follow you, um, if they want to find out like what you're doing, if they just want to get connected um, with you, um, how do they do that? So what is your Instagram handle, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, the, the whole lot? Cool. So my Instagram handle is at maps8. Um, I'm not really on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook either. Sorry. But uh, you can check out our website um, and see the work that we're doing, um, www.tamela.co.za. Brilliant, brilliant. Thanks so much. Oh, my gosh. This was really, really, really awesome. Enlightening for me. I mean, I thought I knew you, but I'm just like, there's a whole lot that I didn't know. Um, but yeah, you so impressive. Um, it's actually been such a pleasure being your friend and seeing all the incredible work that you've done and how you're always pushing boundaries and setting these in crazy insane goals for yourself and just and just and just reaching them all the time so this was my absolute pleasure and can't wait to see um what the future holds for you so so thanks for joining us maps thanks but i really appreciate it and this is such a great platform and well done to you and yeah you're one of those people that also inspire me you know Awesome. Um, living awesome. passionately in the things you love so thank you so much for having me awesome cheers guys look at you you made it all the way to the end thanks so much for checking out the superpower podcast and listening to an incredible story of the amazing woman that we have in the country make sure to subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts and like comment share on social media share with your friends share with your workers man let's let's spread the message let's spread the love um till next time cheers